KXNO. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. Good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, as we talk sports with you for the next couple of hours. Thank you for spending some of your morning with us, and Happy New Year uh, to each and every one of you out there listening uh, to us this morning. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list in about 15 minutes, we're going to get Bill Bender from the Sporting News. He is their national college football uh, columnist. He'll join us. He'll help us. I'll break down what we've seen since the last time that we were on the air. And there were certainly a lot of bull games and certainly some terrific finishes, some unexpected, some more expected. But we'll get into that with Bill Bender uh, in about 15 minutes. Our buddy Zubin Mahente will join us at 1035. Lots of ground to cover uh, with Zubin. I know in the past he had an opportunity to have a one-on-one with David Stern. So maybe we'll go down memory lane there as the NBA's former commissioner and really uh, one of the guys that moved the needle on that league like none other uh, lost his battle after he had a stroke uh, he officially passed away uh, yesterday, January the 1st, after having a brain, brain aneurysm just uh, the week, the days leading up uh, to Christmas. So we'll get Zubin in here. We'll go around the world of sports with Zubin at eleven or at 10.35 in the 11 o'clock hour. Uh, Alex Halstead, CycloneAlert.com, part of 24-7 Sports. We will go back and talk a little bit more football. We'll talk some basketball, just a historically putrid uh, loss to Florida A&M. What has happened to Hill? Magic. Uh, as the Rattlers rank 324 in Ken Palm, uh, come in there and pick off the Cyclones. I get they were with the, without Ty- Tyrese Halliburton, but come on. Shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter. No. It shouldn't matter. You're a Big 12 school, please. That, that's just embarrassing. Um, hasn't been a good year since Pollard proclaimed that they're the bear. Right. Yeah, they're the bear now. I forgot about that. Yeah, I know. They're the bear now. Uh-huh. Got picked off by uh, Florida A&M. Maybe a teddy bear. I don't know, but I, I'm guessing he wishes he wouldn't have said it. But you know what? At the same time, you got to remember where he said it. He, you know, he's in, he was one of those um, off-season get, get-togethers that they do, and they draw a lot of people, and they bring them together, and Pollard's done a terrific job uh, doing just that, reuniting uh, that fan base together. Uh, he's done a terrific job at that, but the bear, com- the, uh, bear comment uh, did not age well, let's put it that way. Uh, so we'll talk to Alex Halstead at 11.35, and then Mark Morehouse, uh, will join us as we, well, we can't talk basketball, but we'll talk some Big Ten. Uh, what's next for Iowa, et cetera, before we get out of here at noon? Just a couple of days away from the first wild card games. Just a couple of days away from both Iowa and Iowa State beginning conference play. The Missouri Valley schools started not well. Not very well, no. That was a rough one on New Year's Eve afternoon, right, for the Panthers? Right. And, I mean, you know, I didn't, I tried to find it, um, and I guess. Starting next week, I'll be able to because you're threatening to come over and install ESPN Plus. Yes. Uh, so i hopefully be able to get those games going forward. But uh, just followed it on Twitter, and apparently the officiating didn't seem to be sitting well amongst some of the Panther fans that were tweeting. Defense was awful in the second half. Gave up 57. Uh, Jacobson team defensively let down? 57, I think it was, in the second half wow. that they gave up. Offense has been really good, really efficient. They're not going to play fast. But this is one of the more efficient teams that he's had offensively in his era. 
The problem has been on that other end of the floor and the way that they play. They basically play a four-guard lineup. They're not mm-hmm. going to be the same kind of team in the past. You know, when you had O'Rear playing inside with some of the other big guys. I saw he and, just became a father recently. Oh, really? Yeah, he posted a picture of his son, um, I guess, at the McLeod Center watching a game recently. Yeah, it's just how time flies, right? Well, they had Schneiderman who played together. Who was the other big guy? David Gruber. Oh, in, in the Mc- Gruber, yeah. Yeah, in the McDermott yeah. days when they had two big guys. And they're going where most college basketball is, mm-hmm. those four-guard lineups, but there's going to be times that they struggle defensively, and that was certainly the case. They dropped in the net rankings. I think they were 33rd to 64th after that loss. Well, mm. That's a big-time drop moving down there, and you talk about at-large chances. You're going to have to be 16-2 and two probably just to put together a resume because of how down the MVC is as a whole. Well, you got one more loss the rest yeah, of the year in order a, to get to 16-2. and two. Probably not going to happen. Well, you and I uh, just taped our Inside the Numbers show at Mediacom. We threw this out there. Why hasn't one of the – and maybe there is, and we don't know about it. Here's the good news. I don't want to wish away 2020 by any means. Sure. But a year from today, actually a year from yesterday, you'll be able to si- si- uh, sit on your couch or wherever – and sign up for any of the sports books in the state of Iowa. It's not like you're going to have to go there. You know, it's kind of difficult for some people to, you know, get to any parts of the state mm-hmm. if there's a, a company out there that, and why wouldn't you shop around? But anyways, 2021, everything changes as far as you do not actually have to physically attend any of the properties to sign up for account. Uh, and it makes perfect sense to do just that. But we're a year away from that. But back to my point, we both threw the, we, we threw this out there. Why hasn't somebody come up with a prop? Will there be an in-state school? And can you bet that? Because it's not individual. It's not individual. I would think that that would be... Maybe I should text Brian Rilko from the Gaming mm-hmm. Commission to get his... Why, why, will any of the in-state schools make the NCAA tournament? Or maybe put odds with each of the four. Let's play that game right now. Let's uh, put odds on each of them individually to make the NCAA tournament. Who would be the odds-on favorite well, of the Well, Iowa, four? for sure. And their number would be plus money? Yes. Plus 150? Um, I guess. Well, there's only four teams in it. Yeah. That's a, I'll, I'll leave that to you. Um, Say Iowa, yes, to make the tournament, mm-hmm. the best odds, but plus mm-hmm. three to two, plus 150. Mm-hmm. Is you and I the you second You and I would be second, yes, for sure. But more than likely having to win the tournament because of that. It's a bigger number, Trent, than it should three be. Three to one? Yeah. And then I don't know where you go from here. I mean, certainly. Iowa the, State has to be next. Do they? Trent, what, this team's going to struggle. This what, year. What's that number, though? I, I don't know. This, this is as, a. This, as we look at mm. it right now. What has happened to Michael Jacobson? Yeah, he What has really happened to Michael Jacobson's yeah. senior season? And I root for the kid. I'm friends with his – not friends. I know his parents, and I, and I like uh, Bill and Katie. Um, they hate the rip by – what has happened to him? He's right. certainly have, not having the year. Anyways, we'll get more into that. Uh, the bowl games – boy, they're, they're, they're the Rose Bowl. It's Trent, so It is incredible, right? That, that's, as I've said many times um, – the one thing I wanted to do while doing this and, and was able to scratch that off the list. Now, the game stunk, but it's just the setting. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget seeing the Rose Bowl, the sign outside this. I had the same feeling in 1990 when I saw the Twin Spires at Churchill Downs for the first. It took my breath away. Yeah. It brought a tear to my eye seeing the Spires. And I had the similar feeling seeing the Rose Bowl and then seeing it on TV yesterday. The San Gabriels and the Sun and the Stealth Barn. Oh, Trent, it is such a, it's the most iconic, I think Fowler said it yesterday, the best setting in all of sports. 
I mean, it's pretty special, right? What what else would be? You know, I have absolutely no problem because of that pageantry, because of the pomp and circumstance that are involved with the Rose Bowl that they have. Four o'clock Central Time. That's locked in. Mm-hmm. That is always going to be Keep there. Keep that one you're saying? Regardless. Oh, I know where you're going. But I, the problem yeah. is what we saw the night game last night. And the Sugar Bowl decided to flex their muscle, too, when we were getting the mm-hmm. four-team playoff. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're a big deal, too. Yeah. We we have locked in, up. In name only. Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Well, A, it has absolutely New no, Year's night. None of the cachet. No. Of the Rose Bowl. It has none of that. There's the Rose Bowl and there's everybody else. Let's absolutely. be honest. Absolutely. So... Can can the college football playoff, can they say, and it's its own kind of entity, it's put together by the schools, this isn't mm-hmm. the NCAA, I don't know the whole backroom room dealing that would have to happen to say, Sugar Bowl, knock it off. All right? Yep. Your game is going your to be New played. Year's Eve. You have your SEC, best SEC remaining team against the best Big 12. You still have that. That's fine. But it might be another time. Mm-hmm. It might be January 2nd. It might be the 28th. It might or be... 31st. It, but we need to have... This setup, where every single year, January 1st, it is, the Rose Bowl's locked at 4. Noon Central Time mm-hmm. is the first playoff game. And when the Rose Bowl's part of the playoff rotation, yep. then the Sugar Bowl, you can be in your yes. place. And you're still part of that rotation with the Rose Bowl those years. That's all well and good, and you get that night game. Mm-hmm. But those other two years, you're going to have to move. It has to happen, yeah, right? It does. I mean, it's for the betterment of the college I think football. So too. I, think, I think that's more likely to happen. No. That will happen sooner than playoff expansion. Oh, I, I and I truly believe. We I mean, heard Delaney. Delaney, by the way, uh, his, his tenure is over. It's over. Uh, it ended yesterday. If you, um, I'm sure you heard. If you watched the Rose Bowl, he did. What a, what a remarkable, just a remarkable uh, career that he had. One of the most powerful men in college sports. And, uh, and quite honestly, that's not even up for debate. Good luck, Kevin Warren, taking yeah. over the reins there. I mean, you talk about he's big a brilliant shoes. guy to fill and what mm-hmm. he's going to have to do as it pertains to the Big Ten, the future of media rights and how that's going to change. We see, of course, the SEC, big sweeping changes happening there, going from making $55 million a year for their A package on CBS to now $300 plus million. Think of the coffers that that is going to be. And, and here's, this, here's something, Trent, I'm glad, you, I'm glad you took us down that path because there was a lot of speculation, angst, quite frankly, that the... The, 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 it's plateaued. the The rights for these sports, mm-hmm. the the money that uh, networks are paying, um, it's it's a thing of the past. It's going to take a nosedive. You know why it's not going to take a nosedive? Because of what happened here in the middle of August. To, to use our state, with sports wagering becoming legalized all across the country before long. Well, not every state's going to be involved, but 40 of the 50 in all likelihood will eventually get there. It's bringing more eyeballs to TV sets. More people are watching sports because they can now bet on sports. Mm -hmm. And if there's more people watching, that means it's a more valuable product. So I think any thought that the we've seen the end of... Uh, ESPN, or we've just seen uh, CBS bow out of the SEC package because it got too pricey. That's not going to happen. The numbers are going up, not down. Do you believe this is a mistake for the SEC to leave Channel Eight? To- yes, because they're going to get they're going to get lost in the shuffle. I right. think. I mean, it's still it's still the SEC, but 
ESPN's got a lot of um, a lot of partners to make happy, quite frankly. And the windows that are available, I know there's going to be people excited. We're going to see maybe some more night games on national broadcasts as mm-hmm. opposed to that 6 o'clock ESPN game. That Which is seen. usually pretty good. Right, but it's usually, what, the third best yeah, game, I think, of the, of the schedule Fox that week. Because Fox has a prime timer, mm-hmm. and of course, um, ABC has a prime timer. So and, and I miss plenty of those Texas A&M, LSU games, you know, it, Florida against a good Kentucky team, that third best game of the SEC schedule, it gets swallowed up at the nighttime. And, and now in the 2.30 window, if you're looking for your best game every week, is that going to be swallowed up? It's mm. going to be incredibly interesting to see how this works. And if ESPN, if they're just going to go full thr- throttle and say, this is our conference, we're going all in here. Yes, we have other partners. I had this idea. I can't remember. Did I, I don't think I mentioned this to you. If I'm the Big 12 right now, Limited members at 10 mm-hmm. compared to the other super conferences out there. Hope it stays that way selfishly. Love it. Oklahoma has not looked good in the playoff. No. Nope. You have not seen advancement to the championship game from anybody. Can, can I stop you for a second? Because uh, I have a theory. Okay. Texas is back. Oh, <laughs> stop. <laughs> Go ahead. Said the exact same thing a year ago today, by the way, I think. Anyways. With their rights the way that they are, and uh-huh. they go through 2023? 20, 24, I think. Aren't you making a call to CBS yeah, and saying RA package is going to you because of Larry the way, Scott should be doing the same thing with yes, the Pac-12 network. The way that they spotlighted the conference, the way that they built mm-hmm. that conference. Remember SEC football in the you, mid-90s? Trent. Yes. It wasn't very good. And it wasn't LSU, certainly what it is today. LSU stunk. Yeah. Jerry DiNardo running yeah. that program. They I were know. bad. I know. Alabama, they were going through Hit sanctions. Miss, yeah. Other outside of the '92 Gene Stallings year, Alabama wasn't nationally relevant the way that they were. Mm-hmm. That conference and the CBS helped build that conference into the behemoth that it is. If you're the Big Twelve and you're looking around and you're lost in the shuffle and you got games on ESPN Plus and you're saying, "What is the future of us? Your future? Go to CBS. Maybe go to NBC. Yeah, because CBS have- isn't giving up that that slot. They're not. Pro- I mean, they're not going to have the SEC, but they're going to have college football. One would assume you have to do something different. How about NBC and make sure Notre Dame when they have their home games, lock those in. They kind of move from time mm-hmm. to time. Sometimes they're two thirty. Sometimes they're one. one yeah. Lock it in at one o'clock, and we're putting our best game at four thirty into the early evening. You got a little window there at the end of it where you can you know put some drama on or whatever it is for CBS for the old timers that like that kind of stuff. Do that, but you got to do things differently. You have to look at it, and there's a huge opportunity here for some conference to make that call to CBS and make it happen. Not going to be right away, mm-hmm. down the road, but you have to look forward. Speaking of making that call, we'll make that call to Bill Bender. We'll get him lined up here, get Bill from the Sporting News. As we will go down the college football. That's an excellent point, Trent. Somebody's going to grab this thing. Uh, remains to be seen which of the conferences. Yes, the Big, uh, the Big 12 makes a ton of sense. So does the Pac-12 as they try to get a foothold. I did see that they are still uh, kicking the tires as far as uh, going to some 9 o'clock in the morning Pacific time. Or I guess it would be 10 o'clock in the mountain time zone, which would limit it to Colorado. Is Utah in the mountain or the... I believe mountain. I think they're in the mountain too. So it would be two of them. Arizona doesn't change their clocks. It always confuses the hell out of me what time it is in Arizona. Uh, but you get the point. There, there's maybe a couple of opportunities uh, for some of these conferences to uh, to take advantage of that. And we will see as the landscape changes, as the money just keeps going up and up. Speaking of landscape changes, just real quick on this. Uh, c- congratulations to Bill Seals, who takes over uh, the rivals, uh, the Iowa State rival site as of today. Paul Clark, uh, who 
manned the ship over there for a long time. Good for him. I mean, he's retiring at 55 years of age. Um, he's doing it on his own, right? He's, he said, uh, apparently said, he wants to work to 55. 55 is here, and he's no longer going to be here. But Bill Seals, who I know a little bit, um, is going to take over. And he's been there for a while, kind of in a mm-hmm. uh, secondary role behind uh, Paul. But uh, Bill Seals is going to be manning the ship over there. So maybe we can run him da- down at some point and talk a little bit of um, Iowa State with Bill Seals as he tries to build on the Rivals Cyclone Report, right? Hawkeye yes. Report, Cyclone Report. Yep. Uh, of course, Kakert, who joins us every Friday, manning the Hawkeye side of things. And now Bill Seals taking over Cyclone Report. Good for you, Bill Sills, and best of luck to you. All right, let's get a timeout in here. We missed Bill Bender. We'll try and rehook with him. Uh, we do have Zubin Mahente at 1035. Look forward to catching up uh, with Zubin. A busy 11 o'clock hour talking Iowa and Iowa State as we inch our way to Wild Card Weekend. I love this weekend. I do, too. It's the the beginning of games, co- you get blowouts. Yeah, this one's good. I mean, plus it's the beginning of conference play for Iowa and Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Um one o'clock and five o'clock. I'm pretty sure are the tip times. Uh, Hawks at one, clones at TCU at five. Pretty good afternoon. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Hopefully, Bill Bender will join us. We do know that uh, Zuba Mahete will be here at 10:35. Miller and Condon taking you until noon. Happy New Year, Des Moines Sports Station, 14 Signal Tuna. Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, taking you until noon. In the 11 o'clock hour, Alex Halstead on Iowa State. Mark Morehouse on Iowa right now. Bill Bender, national correspondent, national college football columnist for the Sporting News. He joins the program. Bill, Trenton, Ken, Happy New Year, Bill Bender. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing well. i got some crazy kids running around the basement, so if you hear a little bit of noise, that's what it is. Yeah, understandable. But, uh, this is real-life radio, guys. No, so, uh, I get good. it. I get it. No doubt. So when do your kids go back? Because I think school's back here in Iowa today. Is it not, Trent? Yeah, it, it is. is, yeah. When do your kids go back in Ohio, Bill? Monday, but uh, my, my boy had uh, his friends come over, and uh, they're they're around, running around like, and of course they're pulling me in. I'm like, I got radio. I get to get this <laughs> article about Tua done. Um which is where I'll start with you guys. Yeah, let's. Um, I, the, the decision's very interesting on January 6th. I, I still feel like he's going to leave, but I'm going to leave this butt out there. It's starting to feel a little bit to me like the Leinart thing and the Tebow thing, mm. where he just, for whatever reason, decides to stay. And, and I really, the, the indicator to me, one, was Dylan Moses, and I think mm-hmm. his decision's going to set the tone for the rest of their guys. And let's be honest, they've got a ton of guys that got decisions to make. But, I mean, if they keep some of those guys, they'll, they'll probably be ranked number one. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, I mean, I think Jerry Judy probably, I mean, he has to go. I thought Tua did as well. But, Bill, I'll tell you when it started for me, and I'm sure you were watching the broadcast when I was, Tom Lugan, Bill, Greg uh, McElroy, they both said during the broadcast yesterday that they fully believe Tua's going to come back for another year. I was floored. I thought it was a foregone conclusion he was going to the league. Every single mock, I've, and I'm a mock draft guy, I love the NFL draft, has him going to Miami with the fifth overall pick. Uh, it just seemed like it was inevitable, but I'm starting to feel maybe the same way you are, Bill. I think it's the icon value, too. I mean, I go back to Liner, and he was college football's biggest celebrity. Um, Tebow, obviously. Yeah. I mean, there haven't been too many quarterbacks on that level of celebrity either. Um, so... Tua, 
it's the same deal. I, he has nothing to prove on the college level. I, I think the only thing he has to prove is if he's healthy or not. So, and here's the question I raised. How many NFL teams are going to take a first-round quarterback without seeing them throw mm. at the combine? Mm-hmm. I mean, not at the combine. At least see them throw. At least see that the hip works. At right. least have a private workout. And if he can't go by April, that's too that's late. possibility. Yeah. yeah, for sure. It's crazy to think about. Of course, the uh, Alabama team also has not just him as juniors, but a whole bunch mm. of them that have decisions. You know, during the broadcast yesterday, they were talking a lot about that, about those decisions maybe being tied into Tua and what his decision is going to be. Bill, do you believe that at all, that that line of thinking that these guys are going to be tied to what he decides? Yeah, I mean, the word I've I've heard whispers of a revenge tour of sorts, and Mm, you get Moses. Like I said, let's do the math. I don't... there's after watching what Jerry Judy did yesterday and over the last three years, there's no reason for him to come back. Right. Um, but maybe you get Smith or Ruggs, and maybe you keep Waddle. Maybe Najee thinks about it. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know one thing to keep in mind with this group, and they were the group that kind of started. Yeah, they they won. They were all star- a lot of these guys broke out in that victory against Georgia, including Tua, including Devontae Smith, including Najee. Um, and then you, if you keep a couple guys on that defense, uh, Saban's pretty honest about it, too. I mean, how many guys has he shuffled in and out of the NFL? I mean, he's, I, I think he's been pretty candid about it. So it is something that will shape the entire season because with those guys, yeah, they're equipped to make a run for another national. They are anyway, but it's a more serious run with Clemson, Ohio State, yeah. who both have their quarterbacks coming back, and then whoever else wants to break through. Uh, Bill, a couple of games uh, kind of off the radar a little bit uh, that really got my attention. Texas doing what they did to Utah uh, in the Alamo Bowl on New Year's Eve. I didn't see that coming. And I couldn't be happier for Flex uh, Gophers uh, as they pick off an, an Auburn team and win themselves an Outback Bowl. Tyler Johnson, what a way to go out. What a career. What a year for Minnesota in the Big Ten West. How about those two? Texas, seemingly an, up, uh, an unlikely winner, and then Minnesota handing it to Auburn. Well, Texas, somebody had to get a win, you know. And, That's true. Uh, for the Big 12. Yeah. And then uh, go figure, it's a team I picked to make the playoff this year. And they, they did look good. Mm-hmm. They were close to home, and, and sometimes bulls are unpredictable. That's one I got right, though. I, I had a feeling they were going to show up for that game. And and Utah might be on the other end with the the psychology of losing a Pac-12 championship game. Um, rest of the conference, not so great. Yeah. Oklahoma obviously lost. Baylor last night, decent fight. But I... <laughs> I don't know about you guys. I was just kind of bored with that game anyway Mm -hmm. because Georgia, most of their studs sat. And then Baylor, I just didn't think they had a chance to win that game no matter what. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Matt Rule now with this NFL coaching carousel spinning. And Charlie Brewer with that back-to-back concussions, not being didn't finish the Big 12 championship, and then this one. Sorry, Trent, go ahead. Well, uh, Bill, earlier we were talking about the Big Ten and Jim Delaney hanging it up, Kevin Warren, the shoes that he has to fill. What concerns you most with the new commissioner after what we've seen the last three decades with Delaney at the helm in the Big Ten? It's brought about big change, not just in the Big Ten, but college sports in general. What's the biggest thing that uh, you look at as a Big Ten guy and say, I wonder if Kevin Warren's going to be up to the task. Well, I mean, you know, I think it's just keeping the program near the front of the line. I mean, this bull season in particular, 
the SEC will have the best record. Uh, sounds like. I mean, they probably go seven and two with a win today, eight and two if LSU wins. Uh, I, you know, it's just keeping the Big Ten as one of the leading voices, and Delaney was able to do that even through that kind of part of the BCS era where the Big Ten took a dip, and they brought him out of that. I think the conference is as strong as ever. I can mention Fleck. Um, Minnesota's doing great. Wisconsin. Wisconsin probably should have finished that yesterday. They couldn't quite do that. Yes. I think Michigan, Tough Penn call. State, and Ohio State. Michigan's fine. I, we can talk about Harbaugh, but I'm just going to give you the same speech I always do. <laughs> well, um, you wrote a really you wrote a couple of really good pieces on it, Bill, on 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 Michigan and what's next for him. So, well, you know what's astounding to me is they have they are the same record as Notre Dame in the last five years with Harbaugh. Hmm. They're one game better than Iowa. I mean, we can attribute some of that to the division they play in uh, versus Iowa's division. But, I mean, where does that program want to be? Do they want to be in that zip code with Iowa and Notre Dame? And, you know, Wisconsin's probably, in my opinion, one of the better programs that hasn't broken through to the playoff. Um, Of all these teams that won New Year's Day six bowls, I I really believe this one, too. I think Oregon's the closest to the playoff because they were so close this year, and I think Mario's going to continue to build what they got there in Eugene. Yeah, they got the right guy, no doubt about it. Crystal Ball yesterday, uh, happy for him. That was a hell of a game, Bill. It really and truly was. I mean, that that the offensive pass interference, uh, what's the ESPN guys, Bill Lemonier, I think is how you pronounce his last name. He thought it was the right call. Uh, NBC's guy, Terry McAuliffe, shot that down, so did Sterator. This is the same guy that thought the uh, overturning the... Uh, uh, there, there was no possession on the Akuta strip uh, in the Ohio State Clemson game. I wonder if he's going to ESPN's going to have him in the booth for the national championship game. But uh, the Rose Bowl, Bill, just your biggest takeaway on that was what? No, I mean Oregon's really good. It's and Wisconsin had some chances and, and missed them. Um, you know, there was some questionable calls as usual. I think that's been the theme of these playoffs yeah. uh, or these uh, New Year's Day Six bowls in some ways, but. Uh, you know, Wisconsin still, to me, there's always something holding them back. And to me, it's the – Jack Cohn played all right, mm-hmm. but Jack Cohn was dinking and dunking. Yeah. You know, they they need the the quarterback to tilt the field. Is Mertz – I mean, is, is Mertz got that kind of capability? I mean, he lost his, he lost the, the battle this year to Cohn, so they thought Cohn was better or more experienced. But what can you tell us about Gray Mertz? Is he – I mean, he's not Russell Wilson, or, or, or is he? Well, I mean, we'll find out. Maybe the year off helped you know, help them develop and, and get ready for that shot. I know he'll be stepping in there maybe. Uh, Iowa obviously going to have a change in Michigan. I mean, those three programs are very similar right now. Mm-hmm. Michigan's probably closer to the Iowas and Wisconsin than they are the Ohio States and Alabamas. I thought Michigan played well in the first half too, but, I mean, they're going to have a new quarterback too, whether it's Dylan McCaffrey or we're going to talk a lot about Joe Milton yep. in the off season. So I think all of that's very interesting. We'll see what happens. So we have a couple bowl games today, one on Friday, one Saturday, one Monday, before the national championship. Of the five remaining quote-unquote bowl games, though, is there anything that we should be excited about? Anything that, if you're just uh, casual looking to check in, you think we're going to see a good one? I think Tennessee-Indiana today is fun. I mean, Indiana, you know, Tom Allen, what he's done. Both teams, Mm -hmm. because both teams are going to be really excited to be there. Tennessee after a couple year layoff and they're not going to take any bull for granted now and Indiana coming off an eight win season this is probably I mean I know they've played Oklahoma State in a bull game and a couple others but this is as big a bull spot as they've ever had 
that I can remember. Nope. Probably since Anthony Thompson played there, right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, but and then of course the Bobcats, the Ohio Bobcats, taking on the yeah. Good news yesterday that Mr. Solich is uh, that. coming back for another season. Is that year to year now going forward, Bill? Do you think is that are they going to do this exercise every year? It's going to be a series of one year deals till he just decides. You know what? I'm done coaching. I think so. Yeah. I, what I've heard is that he's going to give his staff, you know, advance notice gotcha. and to the uh, athletic department as well, so they can conduct a proper search. And you know, I've talked to Frank a few times. He, yeah, you know, they're going to have a little bit of a rebuild in Athens last year, but then again, they uh, thought we were picked to win the division this year, and it didn't work out that way. So uh, you know he's going to bring a team that's going to play hard no matter what. No doubt. Bill Bender, we'll talk to you next week in advance of the national championship game. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Thank you, Bill. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having yeah, me. Good to talk to you, Bill Bender uh, from the Sporting News. Let's go right to Zuba Mahente. He's waiting in the wings patiently. Zuba Mahente, ESPN uh, Sports Center. Zubin, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. Happy New Year, Zubin. How's things? Happy New Year to you guys. Ready to go. It'll be a little bit of a longer wait for the national title game this year, but uh, I think it's going to be worth the wait. I think after, uh, you know, I think I would say Clemson, Ohio State was the first non-stinker in about five mm-hmm. years. So we're getting ready for January 13th here. It'll be too bad. It'll be the last one, but starting this weekend, we'll have a full slate of basketball. I was talking to the guys on ESPN, starting at noon Eastern all the way through. So, Maybe those sorts of things will get you set for January 13th as we count it down. Yeah, no no doubt about it. They can move it back another couple of weeks, fine by me, <laughs> because I don't want to see it end, but it's inevitable. And you're right, college hoops this year. There's a couple of interesting Big Ten matchups tonight. You know, where I want to start, Zuma, because I don't want to run out of time, and I, and I want to get uh, you know to talk about other things and then shortchange the David Stern portion of our conversation. Because, you know, you know what struck me, and as I'm sure it struck a lot of people, some of the greats of the game that are clearly retired now but guys that we you know if you're a sports fan in the 90s uh, and you were watching the league and some of the biggest names the top 50 it's littered with guys from that era and to a man seemingly coming forward with their praise and their gratitude uh, to David Stern for making the league what it was and changing their lives for the better I know you knew him he's a Rutgers grad as you are you had an opportunity to interview David Stern um Sad that uh, sad that he's gone, but what an impact, Zuba Mahente. He really had an amazing impact. If you put him there, I think he's right there. I mean, it's, you know, you have to think about, I wasn't around for Mountain Landis or all that stuff, but you got to put him right there with Pete Rosell as the most influential commissioner in the history of sports. A lot of it has to do with the fact that he was in the post for 30 years, which is pretty rare uh, these days. But I think you look at it and you have to say he did three things that, for me, really stood out. One, which has been talked about ad nauseum here, but it deserves to be talked about. In 2019 and 2020, everybody is talking about their brand and individualism and superstars, and that's how you build anything. And he was doing that in the 80s. And he had Magic and Larry and Michael and Kobe and LeBron, and he was able to individually market those guys incredibly well. The dream team led to Mm -hmm. superstars from Latvia, like Porzingis, or Slovenia, um, like uh, Luka Doncic, you know, Manu Ginobili from Argentina, Tony Parker, who was born in Belgium but is known for playing in France, Steve Nash, who was born in South uh, Africa but played for Canada. Canada's had so many great players uh, over the years, Yao Ming in China. So the global reach of the game was built. 
You know, the Larry O'Brien Trophy is named after the commissioner, and that was the commissioner right before David Stern. And David Stern basically was a lawyer for Larry O'Brien mm. when the league was trying to negotiate with the players and shortly after they had merged with the NBA and the ABA. And the, pre- the prior commissioner said, there's something about this guy. And essentially he ended up becoming the commissioner. There's this great story everybody knows, everybody's been talking about with the league airing the NBA Finals as late as 1986 on tape delay. That's been a big thing. Jeez. And today the NBA's TV package is worth $25 billion. Latest 1986, nobody wanted to air them live. And this is well into the Magic Larry era in 1986. This is well into it. And today Turner and ESPN, like I said, are paying $25 billion. That's their number two. I mean, you got to say it. He was not afraid to make tough decisions. And this is something that's tough to say, you know, the day after a guy dies because you want to eulogize the guy and you want to make sure you say all the great things that he did. But he was involved in amazing things over 30 years, mostly successful, some not. You know, he put a dress code in there, and that was seen as something, of course, right. today that would never fly, right? When yep. you walk into the arena five minutes before tip on ESPN and Turner, we got the countdown clock on and see Russell Westbrook with his outfit. Yep. It's individualism. It's telling you who you are. But Stern said, we're going business casual. That didn't turn out well. He tried to change the ball. That didn't turn out well. Mm-hmm. He did expand and have seven teams put in the NBA in his 30 years. Only one really didn't do great. That was the Vancouver Grizzlies. But the other team, of course, was a smashing success north of the border yep. in the Raptors. They also put five other teams in the league. They also extracted the Seattle Supersonics, which is a bitter, bitter story to this day there. But they added the Oklahoma City Thunder. He, he put the rookie wage scale in, which people thought was depressing salary. He was pro one and done. Because, yeah, there's McGrady and Kobe and KG, but he didn't think a lot of guys going to the league right out of high school would help the league. He was there for the malice at the Palace. He Hmm. turned a blind eye on Donald Sterling. There was a lot of things about him that were terrific in terms of what he did for the league in terms of growing the game, but nobody thought his handling of Donald Sterling was great. He was there when P.J. Carlissimo got choked by Latrell Sprewell, and he had to handle that. So I wouldn't say it was a mixed bag. I would say 95% of what he did was amazing for the league. There were a couple of check marks there where a lot of people thought that maybe he didn't do the right thing. But by and large, it was a complicated time. The league was trying to just survive, not to mention go global. And the third thing I would say is he was not afraid to hire somebody to succeed him that wasn't a carbon copy of him. Stern never really got into gambling, and Silver's always been into it. Uh, Silver wants to undo the one and done, as I mentioned previously. Stern wanted to keep it. Um, and it's been in place right now since 2006. So I I always like that, too. When you're on the way out the door, instead of having somebody that's just going to be a yes man for you, hire somebody that can do something for the league that maybe you couldn't or take it to a level that you wouldn't. And so those are just my general thoughts. I think he was one of the most influential people uh, in all of sports and certainly uh, one of the most influential people in the history of basketball. Zubin, speaking of the NBA, a look ahead to the NBA Finals, and around it, the release of the 10-part documentary on the Chicago Bulls of the 1990s, specifically the 97-98 team. It's a 10-parter. They did this four years ago with the OJ series. So my question for you is, well, A, I'm sure uh, somebody in my age range as you are very excited about this documentary, but secondly, what's next? What other big, long-form you know, series, five, 10-parter can you do in the world of sports? I mean, I think once the Patriots dynasty ends, that's oh, great the one way. I think that I would yeah. right there. Like, yep. 
because I think the crazy thing about it is you don't know how it's going to end. I mean, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. you guys look at all your, you know, you know, sports co- articles, you know, prepping for the show in the morning. I know when you guys wake up and you know, look, it is not uncommon to see several reputable people saying that Tom Brady can yeah. be the quarterback of the Los Angeles Chargers. And these are people that, you know, I'd be like, guys, really? I mean, but these are guys that have massive followings and they tend to think it's feasible. Will Belichick outlast Brady? And now, you know, even a couple of years ago, the Steve Belichick angle was never there. Mm-hmm. Now Steve Belichick angle is there. And what's he going to do? He's only 32. He's already at the coordinator level. Brady says he wants to go to 45. And the best way to continue to mess, to market the TB12 method and, and, you know, for life is to continue to play. He could be the best marketing tool for his entire enterprise to say, look, I'm 45 and there's guys tw- half my age that can't catch up to me. And I'm not fleet of foot, and I'm still playing. But will he be playing for New England? Could this be his last game at Foxborough? There are so many angles. So that's probably the one I would take. Yeah. Um, and obviously you throw in Bob Kraft, you throw in Spygate, you throw in all the things that have happened. It's mm-hmm. a nice round number. If it were to end this year, it would be 20 years of Brady and Belichick. They arrived at training camp 20 years ago, and they're still there. So that's probably the one I would choose. Unlikely we'd ever get anything. Uh, tongue planted firmly in cheek here. Uh, there'd probably be plenty of video available. Yeah. I don't think there'd be a ton of people that would be re- ready and willing to talk. But then again, I never thought Parcells and Belichick would sit down for that 30 for 30. And I never realized how effusive Bill would be if he'd been watching the NFL All 100 Terrific. on NFL Network. Yep. It's been really awesome. So that's probably the one I would choose. Oh, you hit the nail on the head, Zoom, and that's, an, uh, you, you, that, that's the one, right? There, there, there is no second answer. I don't think, um, yeah, I mean, the Aaron Hernandez stuff's got to be part of it. And, right. oh, right. that'll be a, I mean, not because of that, but it's, that's going to be appointment TV if indeed we get to that point. Well, each and every year, the Rose Bowl is appointment TV, Zubin. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been there or not. It's, 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 Zubin there, as, as Fowler said yesterday, it's the most iconic setting. I truly believe this. I get Augusta's special, and you can probably find a couple of those others to put in there, but there's just something about, you know, the San Gabriels and the sun setting on a, on a spectacular Chamber of Commerce Day as, uh, was happening yesterday in Pasadena. The game was terrific. The Rose Bowl, there's a reason Keith Jackson anointed it as the granddaddy of them all, and he was 100% correct. What a setting, Zubin. Oh, no question. I have not personally been there. I know you guys probably went there for Iowa Stanford, yep. I would assume. But, yep. you know, Fowler had said during the week, I think I heard him say, he, it's a great thing for him to be able to uh, end and start his year there. Really, when you think about where the game has been played over the years on New Year's Day. and You look at that game yesterday, and to me, it's really the reason why you can't give up on anybody. And everybody's going to talk about Herbert and what he did. Mm-hmm. He grew up a mile from Austin Stadium. He was once their sixth-string quarterback. I mean, he went to Sheldon High School right there in Eugene, and nobody had ever heard of him, which just seems amazing. And I know he's going to get a ton of attention, and deservedly so, for the way the game went. And maybe the next time he's going to choose to cut his hair. Like Nobody's <laughs> aware of any of these things. But the thing, about, the thing that really stood out to me was, based on his record, no big-time program would have given Mario Cristobal a head coaching position. I think he was 20 games under 500 heading into that game yesterday. Mm. <laughs> he did not do a good job at FIU. Now, Butch has done a great job, but sometimes it's the circumstances. And when Willie Taggart bolted, and you look at what Oregon was, where they were, before that, they had to buy out Mark Helfrich. They had given Mark Helfrich a huge amount of money, and Helfrich had taken him to the playoffs. And they basically said, we've got to pay him a $17 million buyout. They did it. 
They brought in Willie Taggart, who may have played Oregon to a degree to get more money from Florida State. He's gone after one year. So we fire a coach that's four and eight. We fire a coach that's or basically a coach that's seven and six leaves us. And now we're basically going to hire a guy who's never had any success at the non-power five level. And Rob Mullins, who's the AD, I mean, if Mario Cristobal doesn't work, that's going to be tough. That's going to be three swings and a miss. Uh, in you know earlier in the decade, you were dominating the league. But this one turned out great. But if you look at Cristobal's record, you'd say, I'm not really sure what's going on here. Part of the reason USC's recruiting is so bad and it was talked about so often on National Signing Day, the early one, is because all these guys are going to play for Oregon. Uh, <laughs> last year, the number one player in the state, Kayvon Thibodeau, the number one player in the country, went to Oregon. Mm-hmm. And so he's doing a great job. I think so. Sometimes you look at it and say, you know, Wisconsin's had some great success at the Rose Bowl, so that's a tough days at the Rose Bowl. But you look at Oregon and say, I don't know if they surpass Washington. Washington's in a weird spot. Are they the class of the West Coast? It's hard to tell. But I don't think a lot of teams would have hired somebody like Cristobal. He's got great energy and all that. He wanted a second chance, like Ed Orgeron wanted a second chance, and obviously it's turned out much better for him. But sometimes, you know, like with Bill Belichick and a lot of other people uh, in the NFL, you know, Parcells, Lou Holtz, sometimes that first job isn't great, but that second job is. And I think Mario Cristobal deserves a lot of attention. Herbert will get it, but I really believe Cristobal's done an amazing job. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, and Thibodeau, my God, how good is this kid going to be? Uh, he had a game yesterday. So, but last thing for you, and this is kind of off the uh, off the beaten path a little bit. We only got like a minute and a half left. Uh, Don Larson uh, passed away yesterday. He was 90 years old, and very few people in our audience and, and saw him uh, pitch. I get that. I certainly didn't. It was his perfect a game in the World Series was 1956. But Zubin, some things just seemingly are larger than life. And when I read the story on his passing yesterday, you know what just blew me away? He had a losing record in the major league. He was 81 and 91. I just assumed that this guy was one of the game's greats, right? Because, I mean, the perfect game, the only one in World Series history to do that, I did not know about the, you know, the other part of his career when he was 81 and 91. Did you? I didn't know that either. I was surprised to see that. But I think the one thing that you, it's funny you mentioned, like, you know, a lot of people in, in our audience or in your audience would not be aware or had never heard of him um, unless something like Roy Halladay or something starts to creep up, you know, even a perfect game anywhere in the playoffs, mm-hmm. like the World Series. In, in terms of um, the age, what I thought I was surprised to see yesterday was his, he was trending on Twitter. Yes. And this is yes. something that was surprising. Not because of his accomplishments. I mean, it's one of the greatest accomplishments in the history of our national pastime. But like you said, uh, the percentage of people that probably saw him play are elderly or not yep. with us anymore. And for the fact that somebody like that trending on Twitter, mm-hmm. you know, the ultimate youth-oriented thing, the ultimate sign of vitality, him being viral on Twitter for one day and having a hashtag Larson, that kind of stuck me because that's when I found out he had actually died. I, I was looking at some worldwide trends and, you know, American sporting events tend to be the most trending things for the most part on Twitter, as you know, outside of a couple of things. And when I saw it, I said, whoa, I looked at it, thought of 1956. But for an older guy that a whole generation of people didn't know, the idea that he was trending in front of a whole generation of people is pretty apropos, pretty cool, I think, there. We can agree. No doubt about that. So, so you're checking out Twitter. Does that mean you're going to be active on Twitter yeah. in 2020? Zubin, is Zubin it available? Uh, are you going to spend more time on it? 
I, I'm being broken down. I'm getting a little peer pressure from <laughs> yes. the bosses at work. I, I bet. work more than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Remember Paul Allen was uh, steadfast again. I'll never join Twitter. you kidding me? Now he's got over 100,000 followers, and uh, he tweets too much. Someplace. Uh Anyways, great to hear from you, Zubin. Happy New Year Tuesday in your normal slot. We will uh, do a lot of college basketball stuff. Thank you for what you do for us, Zubin. Wonderful to hear from you. Thanks, pal. You got it. See you next week. Yep. Good to talk to you. Zuba Mahente uh, from ESPN. Quick timeout. Finish out the hour. Got a busy second hour coming up. Iowa State and Iowa conversation. As Trent and I take you until noon, it's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460.net. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. In the 11 o'clock hour, Alex Halstead on Iowa State, Mark Morehouse on Iowa. Final couple of minutes here, uh, running short of time, and now we're number one. Let me congratulate you, Trent Condon. One year ago today, you started at KXNO. Congratulations. Same to you. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, excited to be here for the second year of it, and uh People said it wouldn't last. Here we are. You're well, number two. If people only knew, I had to twist your arm to get you to come over here. A little bit more than I thought I was going to, but I uh, told you. Yes. <laughs> right? It has been incredible over here. People are amazing to work with. It really is. It's it's not lip service, anything like that. No, it really isn't. It's a great, great place. In fact, uh, though we were off on New Year's Eve, I was here all day long kind of finishing What were you doing here? Year-end loose ends, uh, a lot of invoices, okay. all that fun stuff that isn't very fun. The the part of the job that isn't just flipping on the microphone and talking sports. But I was here, and 10 o'clock came around, and I'm, oh, I could just flip on the mic and talk for a little while <laughs> right. and uh, turn it back off at noon. But decided not to do that. I had a lot of paperwork to get done. But I was downstairs talking to Joel McRae, just uh, a wonderful person mm-hmm. to work for, and, and everybody downstairs. It, it's a great, great place. It really is. And happy to be here. Yeah, indeed. Thank you uh, to Joel McRae and to Scott Nock uh, for... Uh, Opening a door for us, no doubt about that. All right, in the uh, we're gonna do some. We gotta get to the NFL and the wild card games at some point. There are a couple of college football games today. I do like that Indiana Tennessee game. I do too. Look, the the Big Ten is what five hundred right now, four and four. I is that think what it this is? will put. Yeah, this will either obviously they'll be five and four, or four and five. I like Indiana in this game. See, I like Tennessee. Do you? Maybe it's just memories of the Hawk Slayer Bowl. Mm, yeah. From five mm-hmm. years ago, I guess now. Was it five years ago? Isn't that crazy? Wow. Boy, time flies five really years does. ago. Um, yeah, I kind of like Indy. I like Tom Allen. I'm He's a done Tom a Allen really guy. really nice job. You know? Peyton Ramsey, good quarterback. Uh, we'll see. Tennessee was one of the good stories in mm-hmm. From where they football. were at the beginning of the year, losing oh my to God. BYU. And Trent, they were terrible at the yeah. beginning of the year. They Awful. hung with Alabama. Uh-huh. They were, I mean, they make a couple of plays there. That. That was a game into the fourth quarter. Yeah, uh, Pruitt's done a nice job. You know, just to dot I's and cross T's are in conversation with Bill, and we didn't get to it with Zubin. Uh, next, this time next week, when we speak with him, the decision will be made. You, what do you think? What's Tua doing? Is he leaving? Is he staying? I think he's leaving. I, I was 
convinced he was. So uh, let me ask you this. January 6th, is there anything to that day? Is that the start of classes, maybe? Could be, yeah. That would make and, sense. And would that have anything to do with the announcement? Because does he need to be enrolled on the 6th to continue his eligibility? And if that's the case, maybe January 6th, it's kind of a... Could be a birthday for somebody. Could be yeah. some kind of other So you're not reading too much into that day? No, okay. I, don't, I don't think the day has a whole lot there. He's going to be a redshirt guy next year mm-hmm. in the NFL. Yes, probably so. If he, he can't work out until April, is what what I have heard slash read. Get paid for it. Get paid for it. Get that window started. And he's been. This isn't his only injury. He's been no, hurt that's before. True. And I believe there will be somebody that'll take a chance in the first round, maybe late. Oh, Trent, I don't think he gets out of the top ten. I, I don't think so either. I there. The thing is, where the injury concerns and all this. Maybe he is leaving money on the table, not being a top three pick, mm-hmm. but he's still going to get first round money. Well, this just in. He's not going to be the number one quarterback taken next year. I don't care what he does. Trevor Lawrence is a lock for that. For next season. <laughs> for yeah, the yeah. following yeah, year, yeah. if he comes back. 2021. Well, right. That's what I mean. So if he's, he's a top five pick this year, if he, goes, if he waits a year, he's not going to be the first quarterback taken. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence is that guy. He's got it locked up. He does. Oh, that game a week from Monday. Oh. Anyways, hour number two coming up next. Thanks for uh, being here with us and uh, appreciate you turning in, tuning in at least at some points. Hopefully you have uh, uh, during the last year as we are certainly grateful to be here as we start our second year together on KXNO. Second hour of the program's coming up next. We take you until noon. We're Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO.